going on, everyone? Welcome to the Mission Driven Made podcast. This is your host and founder of the Mission Driven Made movement and brand, Jacob Straub. And of course, welcome back to another episode of the Friday Debrief. If you are new today, what we do here at Mission Driven Made is equip and empower you to lead a high-achieving and mission-driven life. And we do this through a few different ways. One, daily content on social media. Two, through this podcast, obviously. And three, through high-performance coaching. So that is what we do. That is what we are excited about. And again, welcome. We're really excited that you're here. Hope you guys are having an awesome week so far. I know for me, it's been uh, pretty good. Uh, one, because my Raiders won again, and we are 3-0, and and I can't even tell you how exciting that is to hear. We are one of the best teams uh, in the league right now. I know all you Raider haters out there don't believe that, but it's true. So we won again, and on top of winning um, on Sunday, here in Arizona, um, at least today, it's just over 80 degrees, uh, which is a huge win uh, if you live in Arizona. So any of you that are uh, listeners out there that live in Arizona, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I didn't completely understand uh, or, or, or realize what it's like to live in a place that had extreme temperatures. And don't quote me on this, but out here in the Phoenix area, it gets 100 degrees or more it must be five or six months out of the year. And I remember before my family moved out here about a year ago, I had a friend that told me, he said, you have no idea what it's like to live in this hot of weather for long periods of time. And I remember telling him, it's not going to be a big deal. I won't care. It's not going to really affect me that much. But I will admit, it does get a little, I don't want to say taxing, uh, but it is a little bit more uh, difficult than I thought because me personally, when it's hot, that doesn't prevent me from going outside. I still go outside in the middle of the day and run or ruck or do whatever outside regardless uh, of the heat, um, but it definitely wears on you just a little bit more. So it being just over 80 degrees today, it feels like we're back in San Diego and it almost feels cold a little bit. I know that sounds a little bit silly, but I think living in heat like this, it's kind of uh, made my skin um, <laughs> a little bit uh, thinner, if you will. So like I said, hope you guys are having a great week. And let's get right into today's topic, which is going to be uh, one that I've been thinking about a lot this week, uh, but I didn't actually decide until today um, to do this topic for the podcast. Uh, but it's one that is very important. And I don't feel like it's discussed enough. I mean, it's not such a rare topic that you never hear about, but I think it's something that needs to be more in the commonplace, um, especially if it comes to personal development, self-development, or anything in that space, and that is failure. So the topic for today is failing until you win. So before we get started uh, with this topic, I do just want to make a little disclaimer. With this episode, I'm not telling you <laughs> to go out there and purposely try to do bad or try to fail in certain things. I do want you to go out there and try hard enough to where you are going to fail along the way because I am a firm believer and if you don't fail at least to a micro level, along the way, 
during any of your pursuits to find success in whatever endeavor, I truly do not feel like you are pushing yourself enough. So just a little disclaimer, I'm not telling you to purposely fail, but push yourself hard enough to where you are probably going to fail along the way. Now, point number one, failure is one of life's harshest, but most virtuous teachers. Now, to kind of explain this, I want to share a story that I can't remember if I've shared in detail with all you guys. I might have a few months ago, uh, but a great reminder of this was years and years ago uh, when I was pursuing my career as a firefighter paramedic. So I'd just gotten sober and clean from heroin and decided that I wanted to do something with my life. And when I came to the conclusion that it was working for the fire department, that goal became real. But at the same time, in the beginning, it seemed like kind of a pipe dream, you know, like how could someone like me achieve anything at all? So that goal seemed, at least for me at the time, really big and almost to the point of unachievable. Anyways, though, as I was pursuing this, I finally after a little while, got my first interview with the department, my dream department, the one that I put all my eggs in a basket for, and uh, finally got this interview and already beat out a good amount of people just to make it to that point. So knowing to get this job, I would have to beat out thousands of people. I knew the only possible way to beat out people, especially knowing so many people were better than me and more talented than me and then probably had more experience than me as well, I needed to practice for this interview as much as I could. So I spent, there was days I spent about eight hours practicing and preparing for my interview. Uh, I went into fire stations and I did mock interviews with some of the, the crews there, sometimes three or four days a week. And then if I wasn't doing that, I was at home preparing by myself. And this was like a second full-time job. At that point, I was working full-time on a 911 ambulance in the city of San Diego and then preparing for that interview. So by the, the time or by uh, the day um, of my interview, I felt like I couldn't have prepared any harder. I knew I was preparing harder than anyone that I personally knew and was ready to just leave it all on the table uh, of that interview panel. So I had my interview and walked out of that room completely, wholeheartedly and 100% convinced that I was going to get that job. The next few weeks went by and some people that I knew that were working for the department at the time had uh, told me, it looks like you are going to get selected. So they couldn't tell me for sure, uh, but they had said through the grapevine they had heard that it looks like um, I was going to be one of the ones chosen to get a job. So we were told about a month or so after our interview is when they were going to make their final decisions and when we were going to be notified via mail. And so a month time came and I remember being so antsy, <laughs> so excited uh, thinking that I was going to get this job, that I uh, was a bit impatient and decided to directly call um, the fire department human resources uh, instead of waiting for the mail to come in. So I remember calling, I looked up the number, I called the number, and they answered. And I uh, just straight up said, 
Hello, ma'am. Uh, my name is Jacob Straub, and I'm calling to see if I got selected uh, by the San Diego Fire Department. So I was asking, and as I was waiting there uh, to hear her response, um, as she went to check to see if my name was on the list, my heart was pounding, my palms were sweating, and more so not because I was just nervous, but because in my mind, in a few seconds, I was going to finally uh, hear that I got my dream job, something that I worked so hard for. So the probably 20 seconds I waited, I felt like about five minutes, but finally, she came back and she said, Jacob, I am sorry to say, um, but you were not selected uh, by the San Diego Fire Department. I took a moment. I took a deep breath. And my first thought was confusion. Like I didn't even believe it at that point. And then after I realized uh, she was serious and obviously wasn't kidding, I hung up. And I remember I walked outside. I walked to this nearby park and I just started walking in circles at the park. And I remember I was feeling sorry for myself. I was angry. I was a bit bitter. And then I was still confused because I had heard that I did uh, so well. But what I learned from that day, uh, from that moment specifically, was a few things. Now, the, the first one was how bad do I really want something and what am I willing to do? to achieve that. So this goal, this dream, this vision of becoming a firefighter paramedic for this department, how bad do I really want it? In the face of rejection, am I going to just keel over and give up? Or am I going to pick myself up from the bootstraps, push myself forward, and then try at this again in the future? So that was one of the first things I learned. Number two with what I learned that day was you can always improve. I mean, always. That was a huge mistake I made that day of that interview. I walked out of there thinking that my interview was perfect and that there was nothing else I could have done to improve after that. So I convinced myself that that day that, you know, I was screwed um, for life because I wouldn't be able to improve my interview from that day, which was obviously <laughs> an absolute terrible way of uh, thinking. So failure is one of life's harshest but most virtuous teachers. Now, point number two, most successful people have failed a lot and more than probably 99% of the population. Now, let me just give you a very famous and great example of this. So the greatest athlete of all time, and yes, I said athlete and not basketball player, Michael Jordan. Let me just kind of run down a few of his uh, known stats, maybe not as known as um, his achievements, but his stats of failure. So Michael Jordan has lost 300 games. He missed 900 shots. And 26 times in his career was he trusted with the ball to make the game-winning shot, but then missed. So knowing this, knowing the greatest athlete of all time has failed that many times. And that is just in his professional career. That's not including all the other stuff that happened to him when he was younger. So knowing this, that has to tell us that failure is going to, in some way, shape, or form, be part of the process. So we need to accept that and embrace that. And as you start to look deeper into successful people's lives, you're going to start to notice a deeper story than just seeing that gold medal 
around their neck. You're going to start to notice this pattern throughout their life, which is going to include lots of failure in pursuit of their goals and becoming the best at what they do. So the only difference or one of the only differences with them versus someone that never won or never has found success is those people that kept failing, they decided to not throw in the towel and keep going. So that is point number two. Most successful people have failed a lot more than 99% of the population. And point number three, failure forces you to take a hard look in the mirror and improve. I'm just going to give you a little bit uh, less heavy of an example on this uh, last one. So social media. So some of you know that, especially in the past, I was so horrendous with anything that had to do with technology. It wasn't even just I was bad. I think I was intimidated by it and even wanted nothing to do with it. So for those of you that have been following the Mission Driven Made Branded Movement, just the last a couple months here. So what you can do to know what I mean, you can go onto the Mission Driven Made Instagram account. And what I want you to do is scroll down to the bottom of the feed. And it's only going to take a second because um, there's you know only 100 and something posts since my brand is still pretty new. But I want you to do is scroll down to the very bottom. At the bottom and at least halfway up the feed, you're going to see some really bad looking posts and some really horrendous <laughs> looking graphics on my social media account. And you're going to look at this, probably laugh a little bit and wonder if I was even trying. But the honest truth is, even from the beginning, I was actually trying really hard to make my social media account look good. So as you scroll up a little bit more in the feed, maybe halfway to say two thirds on the way up toward the top, you're going to start to notice it's a little bit less bad. Now keep scrolling up. It's a little bit less bad. And then toward the top, it's starting to look okay. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it with okay. So the point being, I know social media is probably not a big deal to a lot of people, but the point being, when you fail, at least to some degree, so me looking there at my social media scene, it wasn't good. It forced me to look myself in the mirror and to ask myself, what can I do to improve? And from there, how can I execute and get better? That is the, the great thing about failure. It looks you in the face and it tells you if this is real, if this is important, then you have to get better. There is no other options besides improving. All right, so let's just review those three points one last time. Point number one, failure is one of life's harshest but most virtuous teachers. Point number two, most successful people have failed a lot in more than 99% of the population. And point number three, failure forces you to take a hard look at the mirror and to improve. So thank you everyone so much for tuning into the Mission Driven Made podcast and another episode of the Friday Debrief. And if you found value in the episode today, everyone, please do me a favor, go on there on your phone. It's just going to take a couple seconds, scroll down toward the bottom um, of the podcast and show notes there and uh, subscribe to the show. And then also take a second, leave us a five-star review 
and tell us uh, what you think. It's going to help grow the show tremendously, which is obviously a, a huge goal of mine. So again, thank you everyone for tuning into the show today. I already can't wait to catch up with all you guys uh, next week. But until then, hope you guys all have a great day. Have a great rest of your morning, your afternoon, or night, or whenever you're listening to this. Love all you guys. And until next time, stay mission-driven.